Well, what a difficult week. There's no way of uh, sugarcoating it. It's been a really difficult week. Uh, lots of complexity and difficulty, and my heart's really heavy as, as, as with John and as he shared with, with so much uh, struggle and pain in this situation. So before I continue in, in speaking, let's just pause. Let's just pray. Lord, would you speak to us? And by the power of your spirit, we ask that you be at work for good in each of our lives and in the life of this church family. We ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, just thinking about this uh, painful situation uh, and just thinking about how we move through it, how we trust God in it, it reminded me of uh, when Kate and I went on our honeymoon. And it's about 26 years ago, nearly 26 years ago. I know when I look in the mirror, I'm staggered by the fact that that is 26 years ago, looking at myself and thinking, you know, how I still look. Uh, and, but um, seriously though, I did, uh, we did have a, a potentially awful uh, journey to our honeymoon. So we were traveling to uh, the Maldives. We were going to land on a tiny island in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And we were just approaching the time when we were going to come into land. And the pilot came uh, through the speaker system and he said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I've got some news for you. There's a tropical storm over the island where we're supposed to be landing. The eye of the storm is directly over the island. We can't land yet. It would be too dangerous. We're going to circle the island and the storm. But we can't do that for too long because we're running out of fuel. I can't begin to tell you what a comfort that last bit of information <laughs> was. It really calmed me down. You can imagine, can't you? Anyway, uh, we circled this storm for about 20 minutes, half an hour, and the pilot came back on the speaker system, and he said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have to announce and, and inform you that the storm hasn't moved. However, because we've run out of fuel, we need to land. No kidding. I mean, I could have told him that. But anyway, so we need to land. And... Uh, so, and he said these words, I've never forgotten them. I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be rough. It's going to be unpleasant, but we'll be okay. It's going to be rough. It's going to be unpleasant, but we'll be okay. And those words have been ringing in my ears this week, as you can imagine. I've been thinking, it's going to be rough. It's going to be unpleasant, but we'll be okay. The storm that we're facing, the storm directly over us or the eye of the storm that we are in, then I want to reassure you, it's going to be rough. It is unpleasant, but we're going to be okay. But how, how do I know that? How do I know we're going to be okay? Am I delusional? Has the heat got to me? Have I got sunstroke? Is, is this some just this madness on my part? How do I know? Well, it's one important thing.
that I want to remind us about today. That God is with us. And if God is with us, then who can stand against us? God is with us. And if God is with us, who can stand against us? I'd like us to look at this photo. And it's going to be on the screen for a while. I'd just like you to take a moment or two to look at this photo. This is of uh, a remarkable woman called Sister Emmanuel and this small child. Uh, we don't know that small child's name, uh, unfortunately. I really wish I did. And this uh, woman, this remarkable lady, uh, in 2004 was voted France's favourite woman. It was the third year in a row that this woman had been voted France's favourite woman. And in the same year, Zinedine Zidane, who, is the, who was the captain of the French football team, was voted France's favourite man. You can imagine, can't you? There is uh, Zinedine Zidane accepting the award alongside Sister Emmanuel. Well, this, uh, this woman was so revered in France because of her story. In 1971, she was preparing for retirement. She was 64 years of, of age and she made one last trip to the slums of Cairo. And she was so appalled by what she saw that she decided to go and make her home there, to go and live there. And she did so for over 20 years amongst all the rubbish working with the rubbish collectors in horrifying squalor. Horrifying squalor. Quite extraordinary. This is one of my favourite photos. There in that photo, Sister Emmanuel stands out like a bright light in an incredibly dark place, holding out arms of welcome and comfort and love. Emmanuel, God with us. What a wonderful image that is. St. Paul, in his uh, letter to the Christians in Rome, to the church in Rome, uh, which is recorded in the book of the Bible called Romans, he uh, touched on this issue. Clearly, Paul had suffered a great deal for his faith. He'd encountered many, many trials and a lot of suffering. And he clearly noticed that the church in Rome was experiencing a really difficult time. And so he wrote to them to provide some uh, reassurance and uh, some kind of guidance uh, in, in this difficult time. And he wrote some really powerful and hymn-like words that uh, spoke into that situation and addressed it directly. And he helped them to understand that even though this suffering comes, it cannot remove them from the love of God. And so I want us to focus on this this morning. And it's Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. And Paul goes on to say, a couple of verses later, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The musician Michael Card, in one of his most famous songs, Emmanuel, in the chorus, he wrote these words. He paraphrased it and put it together. Emmanuel, our God is with us. And if God is with us, then who can stand against us? Our God is with us. Emmanuel. This is the promise of God encapsulated in this incredible photo at this particular moment in time. Emmanuel. God is with us. Now, I think this is one of the most important aspects of God's love for a hurting world and for a hurting church, such as the, uh, the church in Rome all those years ago and this church here today. Because of this, God doesn't love at a distance. He comes to us and he lives with us. He lives with us in every bit of life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. About 10 years ago, I had the privilege of going on an official visit uh, on behalf of the Church of England with a, with a group of people to Rome. And we had all sorts of meetings in all sorts of places and uh, all over the city. And another member of the party, Anders, and I, we agreed that we were going to walk everywhere over the five-day period, everywhere. We weren't going to catch taxis and buses and trains like all the others in the party, which was understandable given the distances it entailed. But actually, we, we, we walked, and we walked miles and miles and miles, and it was very hot. And by the end of every day, even though I was supposed to be looking really smart, you know, and respectable, I was this disheveled mess uh, and a sweaty blob, quite frankly, at the end of all this. But anyway, uh, it was so good because Anders, before being a vicar, was an archaeologist and a historian. And on top of all of that, he speaks fluent Italian. So you can imagine, he was a great tour guide. As we walked, he showed me the sites. He knew Rome so very well. And he told me the historical stories and he... And he spoke to the restaurant and cafe owners as we went along. But more than this, and this is the important bit that I'll never forget, as we walked mile after mile, we talked about life and stuff. And it was a really, really special time. We walked together. I had in him a friend, a, one, a walking companion, and a guide. And I want to encourage you this morning. God doesn't love at a distance. He doesn't guide or inspire or talk to us at a distance. He's with us. He's with us.
is our friend and our guide and our walking companion in every bit of life. John in the gospel according to John put it this way, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God is with us amongst the heaps of life's rubbish. He's with us in the mess. In the mess. I know, I know that at the moment it feels like we're in the middle of mess. We're surrounded by difficulty and struggle. And it can feel really, really difficult. It's hard to make sense of it all. And it's hard to deal with it all because we're aware of people who are struggling and in pain and then we're aware of practical implications and the impact of those uh, for this church family. In all this, God is with us. God is for us. And just like in this picture, God comes to us in love through Jesus with arms open wide making that silhouette of a cross, the shape of a cross, reminding that through Jesus, God gave all of himself for all of us. He gave all of himself for all of us. He holds nothing back. The preacher Octavius Winslow, who was around in the 1800s when Johnny was just a boy, uh, uh, he... Uh, He's, he asked a question and then, like a rhetorical question, and then answered this question. And it's a good question. Who gave Jesus to die? Who gave Jesus to die? And his answer, not Judas for money, not Pilate for fear, not the people for envy, but the Father for love. Who gave Jesus to die? Not Judas for money, not Pilate for fear, not the people for envy, but the Father for love. It was the Father's love that gave Jesus for us all. Love that comes to us with arms outstretched. And the cross reminds us of this. Our hope is a cross that towers over the wrecks of time, over the rubbish of our lives, over the mess that we're experiencing, over the struggle and the pain of the people who have come forward with information. Our hope is a cross that towers over the wrecks of time. And this isn't just a hope for the future, some vague notion that hopefully someday everything will be okay. This is a help to us right here and right now. Because God is with us and God is for us. And if God is with us and for us, then who can stand against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ, said Paul? Will trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. We need to remember, and I encourage us all to do this, and I encourage us all to keep encouraging each other that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation 
can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing. Here in his writing, Paul is listing all those things that he has, has experienced himself. Everything that life has to throw at you. And he experienced it. And he's saying to the church in Rome, even though you might experience all these things, it cannot, they cannot separate you from the love of God in Jesus. Nothing can. Imagine it this way. Imagine Paul is saying to us, come on then, imagine every awful and terrifying thing that can happen to you and make a list of it like a league table of life's troubles. And then know that one or more of those things is going to come our way at various points in time. We know that personally, don't we? And we're all experiencing stuff at the moment in our own lives. And we know it corporately as this family of this church at the moment too. Paul knew what he was talking about and he reassures us. And we know that we all have struggles in our own lives, that we have those issues to do with family and work and health, etc. And Paul reassures us that none of these things can separate us from the love of Jesus. Nothing, he says, not one of those things, not all those things put together, can separate us from the love of God in Jesus. What an amazing thing. God is with us and God is for us and nothing can separate us from the love of God. I think in this day and age, we are all too aware of becoming disconnected from things. I think there's something of that in our culture, in our society. We, we live with the reality of it. Practically with technology, we live with it. I mean, you know, we, we can be disconnected from Wi-Fi. I mean, from my children, if that happens, it's like we've withdrawn oxygen. I mean, it's, it's so serious. Uh, or Bluetooth, or, you know, 5G, 4G, you know, the list goes on. And also, in our own relationships, I think we're aware of how easy it is to become separated from other people. You know, relationship breakdown is a... Is a is something we all fear and have to deal with. And that's really, really hard. And we can be unfriended at the click of a button in an instant on social media. And we can be excluded from groups of people and groups of friends. And that's awful too. I know, you know, it, it's something that we all have to live with in so many ways. And I think becoming disconnected and separated is something that we fear. And yet, there is one thing from which we can never, ever, ever, not a single one of us, be separated from. And that's the love of God. Have I labored that enough? <laughs> we cannot be separated from the love of God. I want to finish with uh, this last story. Uh, when our son was about 10 years old. He, uh, he was ill and he had uh, been ill for about 24 hours and he was, he was getting worse. 
And so looking at his symptoms and with absolutely, and I just want to stress this, absolutely no medical background or training, I correctly diagnosed his condition, okay? With the help of Google, of course. And I'd like you all to note that that was me and it wasn't Kate who was a nurse many years ago, okay? It was, it was me who got that right and not Kate on that occasion. Now, I've, I've already, I already regret saying this because Kate and Pauline from the first, from 915 congregation have already plotted that I need to be doing a quiz in front of you all, a medical quiz, <laughs> which I would score very badly on. Uh, actually, it's nothing more than I would deserve. But anyway, cutting a long story short, Ryan was ill. Um, it, was, it was his appendix, so it was getting more, uh, more serious. So I took him to the hospital, to this walk-in, state-of-the-art porter cabin on the Royal Shrewsbury uh, Hospital car park, and went in, and the doctor looked at him very briefly and said he needed emergency surgery. Ryan did, not, not the doctor, didn't need emergency surgery. Sorry, I didn't make that clear. So he needed emergency surgery. And so we then had to walk the entire length of the hospital site, across this huge car park. There were no wheelchairs or anything. And by that point, Ryan was in masses of pain. You know, he was doubled over and he could, he could barely move. And he couldn't speak. So what I said to him was, Ryan, if it becomes too painful while we're walking, just hold up your hand. Just hold up your hand. And so that's what he did. And every few steps, he'd hold up his hand and we'd just wait. And say, are you okay to go again? And he'd say, we move on. Anyway, after just a few meters, it became clear he couldn't go any further. So I just took him in my arms and I carried him there. I took him in, his arm, in my arms and I carried him there. Pain and difficulty can make it feel like we just can't keep going anymore, like we just can't take another step. And maybe that's how you feel today. Lord, I can't take another step without your help. And I just want to say it's okay to admit that. I feel like that. It's been an awful week. And I'm just so aware of all the people involved and how difficult that is. I just want to say, Lord, I can't take another step without your help. And if that's you too, then it's okay to admit it. To just say, I need your help. To say, hold me, Lord. Take me in your arms. Hold us, Lord. Take us in your arms. Carry me, Lord. Carry us, Lord. It's okay to admit that we can't take another step without God's help. All we need to do is to put up our hand and to say, carry me, hold me. And I encourage you to do that this morning. In the worship and as we gather around the Lord's table, sharing the bread and the wine, be aware of the pain in your own life, the heaps of rubbish that you're dealing with in your own life that you're surrounded by and also all the difficulty that surrounds us as a church and maybe hold up your hand and say Lord I need your help I need your help I encourage you just take one more one more look 
at this photo. What is God saying to you? Emmanuel, our God is with us. And if God is with us, then who can stand against us? Our God is with us. Emmanuel.